0: Permission aboard. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to bring me aboard. Permission to come
1: aboard. Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's D.A. All right. Welcome inside the most recent edition, the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. It's fun because I could just say that each and every week, and it remains the freshest. Now, if you go back and you listen to like 30 episodes ago, I'll say it's the freshest, but I would be incorrect. But I didn't know that at that time. At that time, I was not telling a lie. It's the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, which has gotten so big time and now has its own iTunes feed. It's normally available on our normal show feed, just as our normal shows are. You'll see it, but it's also available now on its own iTunes feed. So if you want it clean, cut, and on its own feed, that's cool. Just go to um, iTunes and search Permission Granted. Also, we always put it on Twitter, DA on CBS. Marazzle tweeted out as well, and it's on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The DA Show. Mraz went on that crazy Chipotle binge meltdown a couple of weeks ago, which is still one of the most memorable moments I've ever had on my show. And I graduated from SU in 01, and my first, I was filling in, my first job was in the spring of 02 in Fort Myers, Florida at Sports Radio 770, which I think they've changed the branding of at this point. I think they've gone to the FM. And at that time, I was just doing... Um, part-time uh, kind of fill-in hosting. I did a Monday night football show for, I think, an hour every Monday night. Maybe it was two hours. I think it was just an hour, though. Yeah, it was just an hour. And then I think on Tuesday night, I had a college football show. So I was kind of hosting two hours a week during football, and that was about it, and then some kind of weekend stuff. My first full-time job in radio, uh, in terms of full-time hosting, I was full-time producing at my first job in Fort Myers was in Fort Myers on the day Syracuse actually won its national championship in 03. That Monday was the first day of my own show, Monday through Friday, and it was two hours a day, if I remember correctly, 4 to 6 p.m. So that was April 03. It is now April 16, 13 years. I can say Moraz melting down over Chipotle is a top 10 moment I've ever had on the air because – I've never met anybody that was so emotionally invested in a chain food. Like he talks about Chipotle, like it's forget a, a family member, even from a food standpoint, like it's a mom and pop that you could never replicate. It's a massive chain. It'd be like crying over Carrabba's or you know crying over Outback or something. <laughs> so I just find it hysterical. So we're gonna have to discuss this because. I started tweaking Chipotle over social media to tweak him, and it became kind of a big thing. I started tweeting at Chipotle that they serve virus burritos, and (laughs) they've gotten 12 states sick with E. coli, so it's pretty good. But coming up next, uh, my buddy Steve Overmeyer from CBS2 here in New York. He's awesome, and he's all over the New York sports landscape. And I try, hopefully you know with this show, to not be too New York-y in terms of the sports because we have 170 affiliates that listen to this show all over the country and then even so many more that listen over the podcast. So, and internationally, I mean, we have some international listeners as well, so I try not to be too New York-y. But the Knicks situation to me is really interesting because they're a flagship franchise and they are in the biggest market in America and they've been so bad for so long and they haven't won a championship in 40 years. And they have all these big notable names and personalities and reputations. And it's just a debacle. Carmelo and Phil Jackson and the whole Knicks brand and who will be their coach. And all of this stuff is, is crazy. And every day, It feels like the Knicks are farther away from ever doing anything reasonable. You know, there's always something. So I wanted to have Steve-O join us on the show, but I also wanted to talk to him about a budding controversy when it comes to uh, Hoosiers. Now, this week we also had the Chris Moore kind of blow up at me as he filled in on my show on Monday, and I kind of got into it with him on the air. I think we're cool now. I don't know. We're taping this on Tuesday. I don't know. I can't read SEMO. When he comes in, he's such a happy-go-lucky guy. On the air, he can be a bit of a bitter curmudgeon. He took great offense to me calling him an old guy. So, who knows? I don't know what to tell you. But that's a whole podcast into itself, so we'll do that, I think, next week once the dust settles. All right? So, coming up right now, my man, Steve Overmeyer, CBS Channel 2. Steve, what's up?
0: Hey. Good to hear from you again, buddy. Yeah, it's How's good. everything?
1: It's great, man. It's great. Actually, I thought of you the other day because I was on the air with Jason Lockenfora who does NFL uh, mm-hmm. reporting for CBS, and he was telling me that he went to an Indiana Pacers game and that people in the stands or whoever he was with was telling him that the story of Hoosiers is like 70% fabricated. And I said, I got to go to my native Hoosier, Steve Overmeyer, to ask him if this is true. Is this true?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not the Hickory Huskers. It was uh, Milan, this small school down by, down in, in near Bloomington, I guess. Um, yeah, it's 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 fabricated. They they definitely embellished some of the story, but they keep that story alive. And you know how stories go. It's like the fish stories. You know, you ended, up, you caught like a a twelve inch fish, and by the time you got a, you know, by the time you got home, it ended up being like a three footer. It's a it's a fish story that just kind of continues to grow. Uh, but is it is it me or is it every time I watch the Indiana Pacers games, where there was Hickory Huskers uniform?
1: Every time, I every mean, they're night. really leaning matter. on those, really leaning. And I guess I kind of understand it from the heritage standpoint. The fact is, these are multimillionaires. They have an, almost nothing in common with a small high school from the 50s that won a state championship, besides they play the same sport. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. It's not even like Butler is wearing them. It's like an NBA team is wearing them.
0: I mean, they're wearing it for the fans, clearly. I would be interested to find out what some of the players feel, about, how they feel about donning high school jerseys. <laughs>
1: playing in yeah, NBA. should the Cavaliers wear St. Mary, St. Vincent jerseys?
0: Right <laughs> <Yeah. here? laughs> Looking for some uh, uh, some Elizabeth St. Patrick's jerseys uh, this next year for the Knicks.
1: Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, should the Lakers have worn lower Marion jerseys <laughs> right. for Kobe's
0: final season? <laughs> you know, I mean, it would just, I mean, just a tip of the cap to Kobe. Can they please?
1: Yeah, I mean, seriously, he didn't get enough attention, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> This Knicks situation, speaking of the basketball, I which I really wanted, why I wanted to have you on, is such a flaming dumpster fire. I just,
0: I can't imagine it being any dopier than it is right now. It's like. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't know where to go. I, you know, uh, first off, this is the most critical offseason for the Knicks in the Knicks. I don't know, five to ten years maybe. This is so important here for them to get the coach correct because getting the coach right then dictates whether they're going to get the players that they want uh, in the offseason here. And, and you're right, it's, it's wild. I, I want to say that it's tough to, to, it's difficult to trust what Phil Jackson is going to do. But remember, he actually chose Steve Kerr you know, before he ended up going with Derek Fisher. So his instincts are right. So maybe you know you're hearing the rumors about how he contacted Luke Walton, and now they're trying to pull back from that, saying no, 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 they they didn't, he didn't offer the job, they didn't talk about uh, about the job, they just talked because they're friends. Friends talk all the time. This is what friends do. Uh, so maybe you know he's down the right path here. Maybe Luke Walton does have something to offer as a head coach. In fact, he might be the best head coaching candidate out there. I mean, look at what he did at the beginning of the season when Kerr was unavailable. I mean, they they only won uh, a record. They only had a record start with Luke Walton as their head coach. So sure, maybe he's the best candidate, but it doesn't seem like it's likely. Walton is going to be that guy and then there's others out there Tom Thibodeau his name isn't really being you know thrown around here as a Knicks head coaching possibility Um, Mark Jackson how come I haven't heard his name Or, or Patrick Ewing we're hearing his name you know being attached to the Sacramento Kings job but why not the New York Knicks it's starting to feel like Phil Jackson just once Kurt Rambus to get to take the job. He just wants to lift that interim label off of Kurt Rambus because we're going to run the triangle offense. They held a uh, a special clinic recently here for the players, which is to- also ridiculous. It's the off season. The, <laughs> yeah. the season's over. You can't be running clinics <laughs> on the offense. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, before you clean out your lockers real quick, I I, I know, I know, the season's over. Can, can we just step out on the court? I just, just real quick. I just want to show you something real quick. Yeah, it's like and finals it, it, week getting
1: so everybody practice. back in biology class.
0: Right. And, and, and the triangle offense, I know the stats on this. It's over the past 24 years, 11 teams that have won the championship have run the triangle offense. But all of those eleven teams were run by Phil Jackson and you've got kobe Bryant and and Michael Jordan leading those teams as well the the triangle offense has not if this is such a genius offense and and I can't even begin to try to explain the the uh, try to break down what they're trying to do with the with the offense I know it's you know uh guys are supposed to be moving around and 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 it it accentuates players that aren't necessarily the most athletically inclined, the jump shooters. I get the, the premise of it. But if this is such a genius offense and such a simple offense to run, how come nobody else in the NBA has been running this? Why are the Knicks the only team that's even sniffing the idea of a, of a triangle offense? And Kobe called it and said it wasn't even a triangle. It looks like they're running in a square out there, I mean, this is this is this is like you're the you're the owner of the L.A. Rams and you're hiring a new GM and your new GM is Barry Switzer and he's forcing everybody to run the wishbone because that's exactly how it worked at Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, the whole thing is really bizarre and I think I, I try not to be too New York centric with some of our topics because I realize that it's only a percentage of our audience. But the Knicks, to me must have some type of general interest nationally because the NBA desperately wants them to succeed. They always have. It's New York. The city desperately wants them to succeed because basketball is so important here. It's being run by Phil Jackson, and the organization has really deep pockets, and it has one of the most visible faces of the NBA in Carmelo Anthony, and yet they do things that, like, the Pelicans might do, or they do things that the Timberwolves used to do, or they do things that really bad organizations do, and Luke Walton's not taking this job, right? Like, there's zero chance Luke Walton takes the Knicks job, so that just leaves them with
0: cast-off Kurt Rambis that nobody else wants in the entire league. I I just had Stu Jackson, who is uh, the associate commissioner of the Big East right now, used to be front office NBA, used to be head coach of the Knicks back when Patrick Ewing was there. I just had him uh, in studio this weekend, and I was asking about why the Knicks have not elevated their game. And we were talking about how it it was really more of a trip down memory lane. I remember the good old days. The good old days when when the Knicks were the talk of the town, when you couldn't turn on the radio for three straight days and and the entire radio stations were – everybody was talking about the New York Knicks. And now that doesn't happen. They they just wrapped up their season finale – and that highlight barely made our local newscast. <laughs> there were, uh, we, we had Knicks, or we had uh, Yankees to talk about, and Mets to talk about, and Jacob DeGrom's baby, and <laughs> and it, all of this stuff ended up in our stacking order above the New York Knicks season finale. That's how far they've fallen. It's got to be an embarrassment uh, to the organization to see you know how far this this program has has fallen off the face of the earth and you wonder are they you, you understand that it's going to be a, a building process but it's been a building process now for what well, a decade they've had a couple of, they've had a couple of nice years but this so this organization uh has not been able to live up to the expectations that you know we've, we've come to know and expect out of the knicks and the nba most certainly would expect out of this organization
1: i also wonder about the commitment level of Phil Jackson i mean you never really have to question a general manager because you know that a gm understands his head is going to roll if they don't win and you just figure these guys are killing themselves all over the place and for phil there's like this this bubbling cynicism or paranoia that he doesn't really even want the job that he's trying to get fired to go back to la i there's not another example of an executive that people think is trying to get fired. Like, is he just floating, coaching the home games because he wants to get fired? Is he taking vacations during the season because he wants to get fired? Is he moving to Nepal because he wants to get fired? Like, like is he scouting from a tiki hut in on the on the Cayman Islands because he wants to get fired? That he's whole thing is ridiculous. It
0: really you know, it really is. And and when that was brought up in um, the season-ending press conference, people were questioning his role and whether or not you know, he really wants to be with this organization and, and questioning the results that he's produced. And look, as we've heard many times before, you are what your record says you are. And the record, 49-115 and 115 with Phil Jackson as the general manager. That's not good. I get that they were plus 15 on wins from this year, but that was from a 17-win season a year before. But when those questions were put to him, his response was, <laughs> who's saying that about me? Do, do they have 11 rings? Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. I know. Very nice. I so know. It, there's a, there's, he's always been labeled as someone that may be a little arrogant and certainly has a right to be. When you have 11 rings, you have a right to have that. Uh, confidence if you will but when you throw it in the face of reporters and then blame it on the media blame all of this ill uh, all of this bad press coverage just on you know uh, the negative media of new york it doesn't quite fly because the statistics don't lie
1: sunday coming (laughs) up sunday evening following the 11 o'clock news here in new york city on cbs2 i will join steve overmeyer for sports desk which will be a lot of fun steve-o can't wait for it man thanks as always for joining us we'll talk to you later dude
0: always fun let's have a good time this weekend
1: all right thanks for steve-o steve overmeyer for joining us here on the show and the pgp now Moraz joins me in studio today was hot today was real hot of the social media probably the hottest on social media i can remember it in the four years
2: of us being together
1: Twitter is sometimes a bit of an annoyance. Twitter can be, I don't know, there's a lot of negativity on Twitter. It can beat you down. Some days I go, you know, why am I even tweeting anything out? Because I'm just going to get, I don't know, a handful of knuckleheads that just want to take shots and want to engage in a fight. They just want to fight, right? People just and they want fight.
2: you to take the bite, the, the bait back. But today,
1: when, I don't know how this started. It was a guy named Adam, a listener. Oh, right.
2: Was eating Chipotle for lunch.
1: Yes. He was eating Chipotle, and he wanted to tweet at us, both you and I, that he had thought of us on the show when he was eating his Chipotle.
2: By the way, eating it for the first time since Virusgate. Since Virusgate. And so, I think you responded first. Yes. He included, though, at Chipotle tweets. He didn't just say Chipotle. The official Chipotle Twitter handle.
1: And you responded how much you loved it. Yes. And you were so happy that he was supporting it.
2: Of course. Anybody who supports the cause, you got to give them a backing.
1: And then I had some condescending, snarky remark about virus burritos. Which I wasn't happy with. no No reason
2: to go back there. And then you
1: wanted to throw mother hen wings over Chipotle and be like, don't listen to him. I love you, your burritos are delicious.
2: Yeah, because I don't want to get roped in with your garbage there. I mean, you know, we're connected on the show, but as far as Chipotle goes, there's a line of the sand. You're on one side, I'm on the other. So then Chipotle tweets that that's all
1: we do, quote, fresh, delicious burritos.
2: And said, I like what he did there, though. He said, uh, this is how we roll almost playing off the line that they roll burritos. So I like that they're witty and funny with it.
1: And I thought that was hysterical because, right. if anything, they have not been fresh or delicious. Oh, well, come on. Certainly not fresh. The delicious part, <laughs> though, you can't take away from them. So I retweeted this quote from them, and I, I think I put, like, sincerely the 12 states that you gave E. coli to. <laughs> fresh, delicious burritos. So then you say something like,
2: don't listen to him. Right. I had to keep going back to the well. Like, just ignore what DA is tweeting at you, Chipotle. I don't want your feelings hurt. And then Chipotle tweets, plugging my ears. But by the way, takes you off the chain. <laughs> yeah. Almost to say, enough with this guy, plugging my ears. Not going to listen to him talk about viruses. I'm with you, big guy. So this is a terrible look for Chipotle, which I also retweeted <laughs> as soon as they heard
1: as soon as they heard about E. coli, somebody calling them out on it is like, I don't wanna hear it, ear mumps, blah, 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 like you don't exist. Man, you gave 12 states E. coli. One
2: of them the neurovirus. Again, though, I'm not convinced that was them. Double neuroviruses in one of them. I just mean, avoided the bird flu at this point, too. Chipotle has got some stones. I some like stones, it, though. It's fresh. It's delicious. I don't want to hear that it's terrible. Almost like when Mavs fans get on Mark Cuban, he fires back. I like that Chipotle's out there having a the social media presence and engaging
1: us. I guess. I just think that they come off like, are you even ever going to acknowledge that you certainly diseased burritos.
2: What's in the past is the past. They got no deaths on their hands, so people get sick, that's fine. Let's roll. No pun intended again.
1: I don't know, man. Chipotle's got some set of stones. I, I really... You got to respect them. They got balls on them. You got to respect them. I don't know. I mean, I guess because they're so defiant now, they're like James Harden not playing defense.
2: By the way, Chipotle also liked my tweet where I compared them to the Yankees and Moe's to the Cubs. They were big fans of that. They understand that's where rings are made.
1: They like that, and I said, yes, that's true. It's like a dynasty that has crumbled, and that we saw with the <laughs> noroviruses. That's like Mariano blowing the lead of the 0-1 World Series against Luis Gonzalez.
2: And as I said, eight years later, the Yankees won another World Series, so Chipotle ain't dead. That's my point. They're going to come back and they're going to be burrito of the year in some magazine, I'm sure.
1: I'll tell you this. I think that their 0-9 World Series championship was actually giving away the free burritos with the coupons that are mailed out. I think Once that happened, again, now
2: it's dry season. I think Chipotle's back to being garbage. No, I disagree. I think As that guy, Adam, I think we're losing senses. Went back. He's back. They're getting people back. Even if they don't get you back... The people like me are winning. People they, are going back. They won't. They're not they are not going to get me
1: back because now. Oh, they'll get you back. Now they're not even admitting that they're
2: poisoned burritos. Well, what do you want them to do? That's in the past. And by the way, they weren't taking a court yet. They got no proof. And they shut down. They had that meeting. They had the worldwide shutdown for three hours. We're good to go here. You don't think they're going to get a, a, some type of lawsuit? I definitely do. No. I think if somebody had died. E. coli outbreaks in 12 states. Listen, but what about the other 38? People aren't going to stop going there. We're good to go here on Chipotle. They're back, and their social media presence is back, and this really energizes me. I will say, though, this is as as much fun as
1: I've had on social media, as much fun as I've had on Twitter in a long time. I was actually giggling and laughing at all of this back and forth tweeting their virus stuff, making virus jokes
2: to Chipotle. And it wasn't like they waited two hours to respond to each one. I mean, and by the way, who is Shane? It was Shane behind Chipotle, not to him. He kept signing it, Shane. Is this some intern at Chipotle? Like, who's <laughs> yeah. running this Twitter account? It's social media. Social
1: media is Shane at Chipotle Corporate.
2: Do you think that there's anybody at Chipotle management overseeing the Twitter account that Shane will be reprimanded for? Or do they think... They like what Shane brought to the table.
1: I think they like it because I think they feel like they gotta fight fire with fire right now. They're Chipotle. See, I like
2: that. Fight fire with fire and not fire salsa.
1: Yeah, fight E. coli with E. coli is what they're doing right now.
2: Again, I see.
1: When was the last time you had E. coli? I haven't had Chipotle in weeks because it made me feel gross the last two days, or the last two times I got it. Again, you you did not make it to E. coli. It was mental. No. It's not. It was mental. You, turnover, you don't trust yourself going in there. The turnover's not as good anymore. Now I'm definitely looking. I'm like, oh, did that guy wash his hands? Is this chicken clean? Oh,
2: come on. You got to look at it. You know it wasn't a hand-washing situation. Look,
1: there is enough evidence that you got to take extra caution. over here. If if Let's say that you were on the mic uh-huh. and let's say that there were 12 different times you mistakenly dropped an F-bomb on the air. We're just talking. We're just chatting. We're just rapping. We're just – Boy, you talk about apples
2: to oranges, but and okay. And you just
1: drop an F-bomb. And you go, look, Bryce, can't be dropping F-bombs in the air. We're going to dump that, obviously. Can't go out of the air. Okay, okay, I got it. Happens again. Okay, I got it. 12 different times. Okay, 12 different nights. At some point, every time you turn the micro- microphone on, I got to go – is this another f-bomb coming oh how could i be wrong how could
2: i be wrong but 12 states got (laughs) two noroviruses if the last f-bomb was six months ago i think you move on and you accept it
1: can i tell you this this uh this (laughs) this conversation actually came up over the weekend i went back to my parents place over the weekend and Help my dad out with uh, some shrubbery. Now that it's spring, shrubbery. Yeah.
2: I could honestly, that's the first time that word's ever been used on the permission granted podcast.
1: Shrubbery, clearing out some old trees and you know. de-weeding. Yeah, look at this, all scratched up.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're
1: doing like taking out some pricker bushes. And... I got some pricker bushes uh, marks up myself here. It's Actually, what not the I spring.
2: Just, I just got clawed in flake football, but okay. and so
1: it's me, my dad, and my mom. My brother and sister weren't there, and. Uh, and my mom goes, is Sean is really serious about the Chipotle? Because <laughs> she's seen me, like, post it on Facebook or talk about it. And my dad just starts laughing. He goes, that's got to be one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Really? And we were doing an impersonation of you because my mom didn't actually hear the quote. She just heard me talking about you to my dad. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, Maraz said... Without those burritos, I will die. I will drop dead without those burritos. It's true. You and need And over em. dinner, the three of us just started cracking up laughing.
2: Oh, it's good to know I can bring a, and then, you know a little laughter to the Amendo household. And you know what Papa Amendo really liked? When we had the conversation, whether
1: it would be harder for you to, to find a wife after Danielle <laughs> or to find a new Chipotle place, and you said, well... I think it would probably be harder to find a new, a new burrito place. And listen, I wouldn't want to go through either, but I think
2: that's accurate. I will stand by that. Was Did he agree with me at least? No, he's never had Chipotle. Ah, well, see, I, it's an unfair judgment. He's not a burrito guy. Papa Mendo, not a burrito You guy. know what? A lot of older folks, not that, that, that he's older, that's like a Mexican cuisine thing. more of a younger generation thing. That wasn't really popular for them in the 70s. No. No,
1: you know what I, mean? I think burrito is a new thing. Because McDonald's
2: has been around forever. Chipotle and Moe's is still relatively new. Quidoba. Really? Quidoba? Yeah. Qdoba, yeah. Qdoba. Yeah. Uh,
1: Papa Mendo is always going to He's gonna want to go pasta. He's always going to
2: want to. He's going he's gonna to lean Italian. Okay, listen, I respect that. You respect I respect that. that. But you know what? If he hasn't had Chipotle, it's unfair to judge my comments is all I'm saying. <laughs> you going to talk to Jolt and Joe about this Chipotle war? Y- yes, we got to talk to Jolt and Joe about the Chipotle war plus... He's been getting a lot of gripes from people walking by in sales and in the newsroom about his tight clothing lately, and it's oh. really starting to wear on him. Okay, good. So we got a couple of those things coming up inside. I'm looking B.
1: forward to that. And uh somehow we avoided talking about Chris Moore's uh <laughs> his monologue blasting me the other day. Yeah. So we'll do that next week. Yeah, why not? We always need more material. So yeah. well, that's a tease. We'll save that. All right.
2: Side B happening right now. Let's go! Welcome to Side B of the PGP. This is the executive producer of the DA Show, Sean Mraz, joined by the associate producer of the DA Show, the tightly shirt-fitted Jolton Joe DeLuizio. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well, but I gotta be honest, I'm a little fed up with the abuse I've been taking here in the newsroom (laughs) about my wardrobe. I've had enough. Yeah, you know what? Uh, We're gonna get into more of this Chipotle conversation in a second, but this was something I wanted to talk about you too. We have discussed this for a while now, that you as a workout maven, I guess you want to say, you tend to wear a lot of tight-fitting clothing, almost like you're trying to impress everybody and show that you have some kind of muscles, which we all saw you have some kind of Photoshop six-pack in the pictures that DA posted last week at the hashtag prego. But now more and more people who don't even know this joke are just walking around the newsroom making comments about your shirts. Today you walked in, you weren't in the building 10 minutes, and three different people walked up to you and said, Joe, what's with that shirt? What's with that shirt? You give no slack to your shirts, bro. You gotta chill. First of all, the shirt I'm wearing today, a dress shirt, not too tight. The other day, yes, I, the, the shirt was tight. Okay, now listen, I'm going to defend you here. <laughs> you got comments today on this shirt you're wearing today. I actually like the shirt. It's a nice button-down shirt. Uh, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like blue and white, uh, small checkered, if you will. Checkered pattern. Thanks. Checkered Calvin pattern. Klein. Okay, nice shirt. Yesterday, Joe D'Aluizio showed up wearing a tight gray pattern. Uh, T-shirt, I would say the pattern was almost like One of those pictures in the 90s That you would stare at, uh, hanging on a wall And then after 20 minutes of not blinking You would see a freaking sailboat Appear beyond it, you know what I mean, one of those patterns You were probably too young for that, Joe But that's the kind of shirt you were wearing Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about And the shirt was in a uh, An express v-neck You know what, it should express its way The heck out of your wardrobe, bro I I don't understand why I need uh, all this Slack and hate I am proud of the way I look, and I'm going to wear clothes that make me look good. Well, we may or may not have discussed this before. You used to be a fat so. I used to be a chubbo, and now that I'm no longer a chubbo, I want to embrace my new body. This is your body. You own your body. I own my body the same way you own your body, and you know nothing's changed there. <laughs> it's kind of a lease. <laughs> 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 you're oh. you're a pig. Oh, I'm coughing again. But, Uh, yeah, I owe my body. I'm proud of the work that I put in, and I'm going to show it off. I mean, I don't understand what the problem is. It's uh, not like, hold on. I think it's a bigger problem when you have, you know, a fat slob coming into work. All right. I already dropped the fat, so we don't have to go back to the fat well twice. (laughs) Good point. All right. All right. Husky? Husky. I think Slob's okay. Slob's okay. All right. I think it's, it's worse when a slob or someone who's husky comes in wearing a tight shirt. No one wants to see that. Well, I'll give you an example here. You coming in with a tight shirt. No, I think you're a hypocrite. Why am I a hypocrite? Because we love Stu Kovacs here, right? Stu Kovacs recently hired full-time. as an associate on the Doug Gottlieb Show. uh, Involved with the Jim Rome Show some. He was a part-timer that worked under us for quite some time. Really good dude. You can't really say a bad word about him. However, Stu tends to wear a lot of tight-fitting shirts like you. Stu does not have the physique you do. Stu is full of moobs and the tight sweaters. Come on, is that nice? We shouldn't be judging other people. There you go. That's my point, Joe. You're a hypocrite. So, You're- why are people judging me that I'm wearing tight shirts? Stu. I mean, not Stu. Now I'm calling you Stu. Joe, you just got done saying people who are a little huskier build, slobbier looking, should not be wearing tight shirts. Those are the people that should they be getting shouldn't. attacked. And when I bring up that Stu does it, you go, why are you attacking him? Well, that's exactly it. You're telling me that I should be attacking a guy like Stu and not a guy like no, you. No, no, no. You shouldn't be attacking anybody, especially you, who's the ultimate slob. You shouldn't be talking. Telling another person who happens to be uh, on the huskier side and uh, talking about his moves—that is extremely rude. Considering I you, like Stu, I know you like Stu, but you should not be criticizing someone because of you know, quite frankly, your size, your moves. I am. I'm very moobalicious, and that's exactly why I I know a move when I see one. So I you, see one every day so in so the shower because, too. <laughs> so because you embrace your moves, you could go around the newsroom and point out everybody else's moves. Yeah. What Everybody's got flaws. Well, not everyone is feels as, as comfortable as you when you get, like, made fun of on a daily basis. Well, you should feel comfortable. So, you know what? This is what it comes down to. Your, your shell, you can't take being made fun of, and you can't take the fact that, quite frankly, you should be wearing a little looser shirt. You know what? From now on, the shirts are only going to get tighter. I can promise you that. No, don't do that. Speaking of my moobs, uh, a lot of the moobs <laughs> I owe to my uh, love affair with Chipotle ever since college, something that's been well-documented on the show, especially in the last month, well— On Tuesday, things got a little hot and heavy with Chipotle, at Chipotle Tweets, on Twitter, Joe. Okay? While I was driving in, stopped at a red light, I happened to uh, go to Twitter on my phone, and I noticed at Chipotle Tweets was getting involved with you and DA. I got a little concerned. (laughs) Well, essentially what happened was we had a listener, Adam. I'll give him the plug, Adam. Adam. Who went to Chipotle on Tuesday for lunch. And I guess he tweeted some of the effect of, is it weird that when I eat at Chipotle tweets, first time since the incident, meaning the you know the viruses that everybody claims they got at Chipotle, which I still think is a front for something. That they did get from Chipotle, well, yes. we don't know that. We don't know that. Still hasn't been proven. And anyway... He said, "Is it weird that I'm thinking of you know at Da CBS, on CBS at CPS CBS when I'm doing this?" Chipotle tweets chimes in and goes, "You're gonna have to ask them." And it puts uh, Dash Shane. It's some guy Shane running this account. Who knows if it's a real higher up at Chipotle or some intern controlling the account. But either way, they must have had a light Tuesday. They were very involved. Anyway, this spiraled into a whole conversation. Uh, me and Da had just discussed this to the point where Chipotle at one point when Da attacks them for the viruses and I tell Chipotle tweets, "Listen, I love them. You have great burritos." They sidebar tweet me, take DA out of the tweet with a little like uh, double star and puts plugs, ears, whatever, basically taking a shot that they're they're going to listen to me and not listen to the outside haters like DA. Bad job by Chipotle. How is it a bad job? I think it's a bad job by DA insulting Chipotle to their own Twitter account. DA did not insult them. Oh, not, yes, he did. Not one, be- not he one bit. He mentioned, he called fact- them virus burritos. That's insulting. They're not virus burritos. They're delicious burritos. Did people get sick from them? Yes. We don't know that. Yes, they did, Miraz. People got <laughs> sick from them. Has anybody gotten sick in the last six months? And by the way, I don't think there was a documented death, was there? That Everybody's I don't know. still breathing? But it doesn't matter. They got sick from it. And the fact that they wanted to reply to one of the tweets saying, you said, I love your burritos. And they, oh, yeah. And they said something to the effect that, you know, absolutely fresh and delicious. Oh, yeah. Maybe now, but there was a period of time where they weren't, and they, they got many people sick. First of all, that's really, you want to find a loophole in this? We don't know that when people got E. coli or supposedly the neurovirus that they weren't fresh and delicious. I bet you the burritos were delicious, otherwise they wouldn't have got the virus, they wouldn't have finished eating them. So even goes to show Wait, you. Say that again, because that didn't make any <laughs> you sense. You just said they obviously weren't fresh and delicious, which could be false because if they were not, how is that false? People got sick from them. If people okay. got sick from them, they're not fresh. I'm going to be calm here for a second. Number one, the word delicious. If they were not delicious, and you sense something's up, you're not going to finish that. Obviously, these hogs who got the virus finished it and thought it was plenty delicious and plenty fresh enough. Quote. That's how. That's how we roll. Fresh, delicious burritos. Yeah. Fresh. And and you know what I like there? That's how we roll. got it? You roll a burrito. A little play on words. I conundrum. think I think you read into it a little Double bit too entendre. much. but regardless, fresh should not be in there at all. Da was right for Dude, attacking they Chipotle. The chicken in front of you, it is fresh. You don't. Know. He's not right for attacking him because it's been six months. Why? Like other places, Taco Bell had that bad E. coli scare and they bounce back and they're fine. Nobody attacks them anymore. You like just, get over it. Nobody's sick. Listen, we all know you love Chipotle more than your wife, so that's why you don't put feel, me in a don't put me That's in that why situation. you feel this way. My point is this. I'm happy that Chipotle came in hot and got involved. I like a little social media presence where they get involved. And just like you like when an athlete will answer you back, it's nice to see Chipotle answering you back. They're in the mix. And, and they appreciate my support. At least I they think so. they knew DA was attacking them, so instead of trying to, you know, maybe smooth over DA, they no. just remove him from the chain. That's a coward move. No, it's not. You know what I like about it? They could have cow- is it cowtailed, tailed cow I don't know what you're trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, they could have cowtailed, if that's a word, if that's the word I'm thinking of, to Da and said, "Oh, you don't, you know, you got a virus. Here's a gift card. Please come back and try us again." They didn't like that. They didn't go down that road. They said, "Oh, no, no, no! I'm going to sidebar the guy who told me I love him. I'm going to tweet him." And what'd you get out of it? Absolutely nothing. You're still waiting for a gift card, you slob. That's why. That's why you're so excited. You're hoping you get free burritos. You bet. Listen, it would be nice. I think I've done enough. On the national platform here to, to support Chipotle where, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to a little sour cream coming my way. You don't need any more sour cream. I love a little Chipotle sour cream. Uh, Put it I right could, in me. I could tell. Look at look at you. What do you mean look at me? Ye- this is an extra large shirt, Joe, and it's loose and not tight like you. Because you can't wear tight shirts. I could wear tight shirts. Can't wear skinny jeans because my knots don't fit. <sighs> Remember that song? That was a good song. Swagger like us. Thanks. All right, I, it's, I sense that things are getting hostile here, so we're going to wrap this up, Joe. Uh, also, next week we got to get into. Uh, we might have Ward on next week, but in the next couple of weeks we got to get into the fact. So, what, I'll be on in like four months again? Uh, but just a little, little teaser. The NFL schedule has come out, and there's at least chatter that we could be headed to Green Bay. I'm, all I'm in. going to a Rogan, whether it be Green Bay, Cleveland, or whatever. We got to weigh the pros and cons because there are some cons to the Green Bay situation. Absolutely. And the pros. We may get into that ne- next week or the following week whenever Joe D's back. But anyway, thanks for listening to the PGP. Get ready for the NFL draft. It's coming next week. Keep enjoying the NHL and NBA playoffs. Great sports time of year. And if you're in the Northeast, the weather is starting to percolate a little bit. So get out there and enjoy that. Right, Joe? Absolutely. You can follow Joe D on Twitter at Joe DCBS. You can follow me on Twitter at CBS. Take care, everyone.
1: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.